you're looking for a New Year's resolution that's easy to keep, I have just the one. Resolve to help protect your identity with LifeLock Identity Theft Protection. LifeLock alerts you to potential threats to your identity. And if you have a problem, a U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. No one can prevent all identity theft, but help keep what's yours, yours, by resolving to protect your identity. Save up to 25% off your first year at lifelock.com slash aware. Check out the latest footwear innovation from Adidas, the AdiZero Adios Pro 2, which features carbon fiber energy rods that are both lightweight and precisely tuned for a more anatomical transition. Everything from the ultra-light polyester upper to the re-sculpted midsole and the reinvented outsoles are designed for speed. Visit adidas.com to learn more today. You're listening to Wellness Talk with your host, George Batista. Welcome, this is George, hope all of you are doing well this week. This is Wellness Talk, the show that goes over the latest in health and healing, nutrition, fitness, everything we can do natural to live a longer, healthier, happier life, and um, hope everybody's doing well today. Uh, as always, this show is for educational purposes only, it's not intended to uh, treat, diagnose, prevent, or cure an illness, and it's not intended to diagnose anything. So. Always consult your physician when wanting to make major changes in your health. Now, this show, as uh, most of you know who listen regularly, this is pretty much for anyone. Anyone can join us here today. Uh, whether you're an athlete, whether you're a you know stay-at-home mom, whether you're dealing with a condition that you want to hopefully overcome or try to reverse, or if you're just looking to maintain your health, hopefully we can give you some tips that'll go. Uh, we go over and you can uh, implement those in your life, and uh, hopefully they help you out. The um, website where I publish all the articles that I go over is on YouTube. I'm, I'm sorry, I was going to say YouTube. It's actually on Facebook, and it's facebook.com forward slash wellness talk. So you can check those out for yourself, and you could also go to georgebatista.com if you want to uh, speak with me, do some consulting with me. And you can also ask me questions uh, either through Facebook or georgebatista.com. Either way, it's fine. Hopefully, I can answer them for you, and um, and we'll work together. All right, let's go over some of the articles this week. Uh, oh, and just by the way, I wanted to um, thank Spreaker.com for doing a little feature uh, with uh, on me and the show, uh, and uh, maybe some of you who who have who listen uh, via Spreaker. Um, we're able to read that, so I just want to thank Spreaker for that, and thanks for everyone who tunes in regularly and uh, likes the show. Okay, so first article this week is about uh, curcumin. Well, we know about curcumin. We've been talking about it on the show previously. Curcumin is the uh, spice that people use.
use and uh, it's the active ingredient in turmeric and um, it's it's uh, the spice that um, many people use especially in the uh, in Indian traditions but in a lot of different traditions and it's been studied many many years uh, for its unbelievable properties uh, healing properties of all different types of uh, conditions and illnesses and and things like that and things that it can do as far as helping people get a little healthier so it's just another study this is from naturalnews.com JD Hayes now this was published in the Journal of, uh, of the Medical Association of Thailand and it found that the primary uh, polyphenol in turmeric or curcumin is able to repair and even regenerate the liver tissues in diabetic rats. So I mean this is an animal study or rat study but uh, this is promising and what they found here is that what they did was they had uh, you know rats that were uh, afflicted with diabetes whose livers demonstrated the char characteristics and pathology of destruction of tissues and um, what's called microvasculature. Now they fed the curcumin uh, to these rats <clears throat> and the curcumin was able to trigger a reversal, an actual reversal of the condition. So this is this is really good, this is really promising. Now the Thai research is just the latest in a lot of the different promising research that's coming out of, of curcumin but um, it's, it's, it's really good. Now yeah again this was in rats but this goes one step uh, towards you know doing more research in humans which they've done and actually they, they, there's a lot of research that has been done in humans as well but it, it, it's just amazing to me uh, you know curcumin and, and, and the healing properties and the things that it does and they just keep finding things out more and more every every time they do a new study and it's like every year that goes by you hear more about curcumin. So now there was also a uh, study previously on, on curcumin uh, regarding uh, type 1 and type 2 by diabetes and they showed that research showing a treatment link between curcumin and both forms of diabetes type 1 and type 2. Now researchers who published their results in the journal Diabetes Care in July and I'm quoting here said that they discovered that over nine months a daily dose of curcumin, a compound in curry, appeared to prevent new cases of diabetes among people with so-called pre-diabetes or abnormally high blood sugar levels that could eventually progress into full-blown type 2 diabetes which is also linked to obesity by the way so that's another study that's amazing now that study which is also Thai based followed 240 adults with pre-diabetes who were randomly assigned to take either curcumin capsules or a placebo that looked uh, identical and uh, but that didn't contain any active ingredients so the results were that after nine months 19 of the 116 placebo patients had developed type 2 diabetes compared to none of the 119 patients who took, uh, who took the curcumin this is this is amazing this is really really good research now I'm gonna quote here where it says uh, one of the doctors here says that our study showed that curcumin extract can effectively prevent pre-diabetes population from developing type 2 diabetes mellitus although we found the results were quite remarkable a longer trial may be required to see uh, if the um, to see if the curcumin treated pre-diabetes population will eventually develop into type 2 diabetes you know basically want to see <clears throat> on a longer scale as far as a longer time period if if they actually eventually do develop type 2 diabetes but 
this is really, really, really good research. And, you know, curcumin has been known also in the past for being good for, uh, you know, for, for protecting the liver and the gallbladder as well. There's actually been previous studies shown that. Now, your liver and your gallbladder are constantly dealing with chemical elimination. So when exposure is higher and they can readily handle, you know, uh, they, they, um, they can readily they can readily handle their tissues their 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 tissues basically are damaged and their function is reduced, leading to health problems as far as the gallbladder and and the liver. But uh, they did studies previously that women, uh, you know, because women are at higher risk for gallbladder problems due to their naturally you know higher levels of estrogen. Um, and that tends to make cholesterol going through the gallbladder sticky and sluggish. But when they've given them, you know, when they've given uh, curcumin, especially, you know, to uh, mice and, 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 and um, you know, stuff like that with those same type of problems, um, it reduced the gallbladder and liver inflammation. So what they're saying here is that, you know, trying these studies in humans with the same types of issues that they've given to mice and rats and stuff like that, you know, hopefully will be, you know, pretty much down the road. So this is good news. So, uh, you know, those of you who, you know, can, you know, those of you who want to get your curcumin, you can actually use the spice or you can take it. There is curcumin in a supplement form. Um, you can use it in your cooking. You can use it in supplement form. Sometimes uh, green powders and smoothies have it as well. But either way, you know, it, it, it is really good for you if you're looking to prevent or at least to try to prevent um, a whole sort of different conditions. Okay, next we're going to go to uh, low vitamin D increases odds of breast cancer spreading by 800%. This is Byron Richards um, from um, Wellness Resources. And 800%, it's unbelievable. So let's talk about this here. A new research. Um, uh, it was an extension of earlier research showing that vitamin D levels below 20 are associated with significant breast cancer risk, um, whereas levels above 40 are associated with reduced risk. The average vitamin D level in women with breast cancer is 27. So think about that. The average level, I mean, obviously you can get your breast, you can get your um, vitamin D levels um, tested. Um, by your doctor to see kind of where you are. Now you want to be at least in the middle of the normal range, uh, but maybe even higher depending if you're dealing with any kind of conditions. But vitamin D uh, levels 27 uh, are so are, it's a huge uh, risk here. Now in the and I'm, I'm quoting here in the new research, women with breast cancer whose vitamin D levels were below 20 were eight times as likely to experience the spreading of that cancer compared to women with vitamin D levels above 40. Now, since spreading of the disease is associated with increased risk of death from breast cancer, it seems to only make sense for every woman to ensure that her vitamin D levels are at least 40. Think about that, 800%, eight times as likely for the spread of cancer if your vitamin D levels are low. I mean, that's unbelievable. You know, we're in Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and people are, you know, you know, giving to breast cancer uh, foundations and doing their walks and their pink ribbons and doing their whole thing. But, I mean, is it me or, 
or is there a big giant elephant in the room named vitamin D that many people in the mainstream community just do not want to acknowledge? I mean, it's just unbelievable. Because if you think about it, if you think about it, I mean, if, you know, what drug out there, what drug that the mainstream medical community currently uses for cancer or breast cancer can, um, can literally, you know, um, can literally help a woman who, uh, from, from, from cancer spreading, okay, can literally help stop a, a woman's breast cancer from spreading by 800%. And not only that, that can also protect your immune system in the wintertime, specifically um, from colds and flus, can help to regulate hormones, can synthesize cholesterol, and can do all this and is technically free if you go outside and stand in the sun. <laughs> what drug in the mainstream community I mean no let's put it this way there's been so there's been so much cancer research and so much money given to cancer research and the cancer foundations in the last 40 or 50 years there's got to be a drug out there from the mainstream community that does this right there's got to be I mean I, I, I I've got to be crazy let's see Let, let's see what they've got here um uh, tamoxifen yeah well no Tamoxifen, well, well, I don't think tamoxifen is as safe because, from what I understand, tamoxifen increases a woman's uh, chances of breast, I mean, of uterine cancer and cervical cancer and blood clots and all different things like that. So, I don't think that would be it. What about, uh, let's see, what else do they use? Radiation and chemotherapy? Well, no, I mean, we all know the risk that those things pose. I mean, that definitely has a number of side effects. So, and, you know, we're talking about prevention here and, and prevention of spreading cancer here. So, I mean, I mean, we know that the mainstream community wouldn't give, uh, wouldn't give tamoxifen or radiation or chemotherapy to somebody who actually doesn't have cancer, right? I mean, that's, I mean, I'm, I know I'm talking crazy here, but, huh, it's very, very interesting. But it's just something to think about. <laughs> just something to think about because if there was a drug that did all this, it would be the, the it would be the highest selling drug on the planet. You know, you would think that someone, somewhere, anywhere, anywhere in the mainstream community would actually say, "Hey, you know what? Let's talk to women and let's tell women to take high levels of vitamin D." Because it'll help them not only if they have breast cancer, with the spreading of breast cancer, may help prevent with breast cancer, but may help prevent colds and flu and everything else too. You would think, you would think, but no, doesn't happen. It's just unbelievable to me. Anyway, I'm going to move on. That's my little rant for the day. Uh, all right. Um, next, those of you who are who drink coffee and like sweeteners or drink tea and like sweeteners and are using things like Splenda or artificial sweeteners should stop using them. Um, this is an article from Natural News and this is by Melissa Bar Bartos Barto I can't even say the name Bartosuski but anyway this is talking about Splenda and um, it talks about what Splenda actually is. Now we know that so many people are 
using these types of artificial sweeteners in their beverages because they, you know, and I mean, and there are so many alternatives out there, but people just continue to use Splenda and, and all these things, and, and, and it's just amazing to me after all the science has come out. So let's talk a little about, about Splenda. Let's talk about the many problems with Splenda, and I'm quoting here. Splenda, also known as sucralose, is a combination of malodextrin and dextrose and is 600 times sweeter than regular sugar. Splenda is, is a synthetic compound com uh, discovered in 1976 by scientists in Britain seeking a new pesticide formation and is similar in chemical composition to DDT. Now we know that DDT is a pesticide and we know that that has been used previously and I think it was banned. So the inventors of Splenda admit around 15, about 15 percent of sucralose is, is absorbed by the body but they cannot guarantee us that out of the 15 what amount of chlorine stays in the body and what flushes out. That's right I said chlorine. Now we know that chlorine is considered a carcinogen and the possible side effects of Splenda include gastrointestinal problems, which is bloating, gas, diarrhea, nausea, skin irritations, rash, hives, redness, itching, swelling, wheezing, cough, runny nose, chest pains, palpitations, anxiety, anger, mood swings, depression, and itchy eyes. That's right, you can get all that from Splenda. Why? Because it's toxic. So a 12-week study performed by Duke University on rats determined that Splenda caused pH imbalances in the body, disrupted uh, absorption in the intestinal tract, depletion of good bacteria, swollen livers, kidney calcification, and promoted weight gain. This is all from Splenda. So if, if it can do these things in rats, think about this for a second. If Splenda can do these things in rats, what do you think it can do to a person? I mean, are you going to tell me that you're taking Splenda on a regular basis and, you know, the, this, this, this artificial synthetic compound that's actually a form of a pesticide that's going into your body is actually not doing anything in your body? I mean, just think about the logic of that for a second. Because you got to remember that when you take something, okay, there, there's no such thing as taking something and there's no, and, and there's no, and nothing happens. Something always happens. Maybe it's small. See, when you do some, when you take in something that something's bad, you know that that's a chemical, for example, something does happen in your body. You may not feel it right away, or you may not feel it for a while, or you know at that point, but something does happen. A chemical reaction does happen in your body. So, understand that when you do take these artificial sweeteners, there is a reaction in your body. The issue is when or how long is it going to take for your body to start manifesting these symptoms. It can take, you know, it could take years, but every, you gotta remember everybody's body chemistry is different, so everybody's gonna react differently. But again, there is a reaction in there. There's no such thing as you taking something and there's no reaction in your body. It just doesn't work that way. So just understand that there are many, many substitutes out there. Now look at things like NutraSweet, okay? Uh, and now, you know, things like Splenda are FDA approved right because they're on the shelves well so was NutraSweet the Food and Drug Administration approved many unsafe products for human consumption like NutraSweet remember the NutraSweet craze that happened many many years ago NutraSweet is known as a neurotoxin 
that has been proven proven to cause tumors and had previously been banned in Europe but yet the FDA had previously deemed it safe for human consumption as Splenda is today so you know I'm not a rocket scientist here but I can put two plus two together here you know so just think about that so it's it's gonna be a matter of time when you see more and more things coming out on artificial sweeteners like Splenda and other things so if you want to go natural uh, at least a little safer than Splenda you know you want to take a look at things like Stevia Stevia is one of the best uh, sweeteners out there and it's one of the safest sweeteners out there and it is uh, a lot sweeter than sugar you only need a little bit in coffee or in your tea or whatever but if you or even you know even something as simple as raw organic non-heated honey that ha that has all the enzymes in it because you gotta remember when honey is processed when honey goes through its process and we're talking about honey that you see on most store shelves that's not organic it's been processed uh, a lot of the enzymes have been taken out so I'm talking about raw organic honey that has not been processed that can be used you take a teaspoon of it you put it in your tea or whatever it is and it's great for you um, you know, you want to look more towards that if you if you're looking for a good thing. So check out the latest footwear innovation from Adidas, the Adi Zero Adios Pro Two, which features carbon fiber energy rods that are both lightweight and precisely tuned for a more anatomical transition. Everything from the ultra light polyester upper to the re-sculpted midsole and the reinvented outsoles are designed for speed. Visit Adidas.com to learn more today. So stevia, honey, those things are a little uh, better for you than the toxic Splenda. Just something to think about, those of you who are using your artificial sweeteners. Okay, all right. <clears throat> Let's go over some tips here. Wellness times. Those of, those of you who go to work every day, we all know how hard it is sometimes to get a healthy lunch. Sometimes not everybody can be next to a, uh, a store or next to a chain of stores that has healthy healthy alternatives for lunch and then you end up having to you know go to some place that you know either has fast food or um, all different types of food that's just not good for you to get a quick bite to get back to your office to get back to whatever job you're doing to go on to the rest of the day and that's supposed to give you your nutrition for the day well this is an article five easy ways to bring a healthy lunch to work so something uh some tips that uh, uh this person goes over her name is amy dufrenzi and this is again from wellness times and um i'm just going to go over a couple of her tips here she says here are five easy ways to pack a lunch that is full of nutrition and quick and easy to make so this is something you can do or anybody can do to get um, themselves a little healthier as far as their lunch time goes number one blend it whiz up an easy and delicious lunch in your blender a green smoothie will give you greater energy and glowing skin. Not only are you getting more done, but you're going you're gonna to look good doing it. So blend up a green smoothie. I do it in the morning because uh, I, I think it's great in the morning. But those of you who would like to do it, actually you can do it in the morning and you can bring it with you for your lunch. And here's the thing with that. My suggestion, because green smoothies, if you're using, if you're juicing or using any kind of green smoothie, um, if you want the nutrients to hold, because what happens is the more you don't drink that smoothie, 
the, the vitamins will eventually um, evaporate in that smoothie. So what you want to do is you want to make sure to keep the nutrients. So what you do is you spike it with, with some vitamin C or lemon some or some kind of citrus. So you take, let's say, a capsule of vitamin C, you put it in your green smoothie or your, or your juiced drink, and um, you can freeze it. Put it in your, you know, your freezer, and you have it good for the, you know, by the time you're going to drink it at lunchtime, it's ready to go, and it's still packed full of the vitamins that you have in there. Okay, so that's one thing you can do that is healthy. Those of you who would like to use a smoothie, number two, bottle it. Get a large jar, pour in your favorite salad dressing, and a layer of chopped veggies, fruits, nuts, and seeds. And you could even toss in leftovers from your dinner if you like, whether it's chicken or turkey, or those of you who eat meat, chicken or turkey, or fish or salmon. And then save room for your leafy greens at the top. And then um, and then make sure that it's away from the dressing in there. And then you pack it up and you bring it to lunch in your you know, Tupperware. And my suggestion would be to use a glass Tupperware because uh, the bottles have all um, the um, plastic has all the um, ingredients that can leach onto your food. And then when it's lunchtime, you take your Tupperware, you take that glass Tupperware with, with all your food in it and the, the salad in it, and you turn it over. You turn it over and basically the salad dress and everything mixes together into one fresh, instant, healthy salad. And that's a great way to get your salad at lunchtime. Number three, roll it. If you're too busy to fork through a field of greens, pack a wrap and roll a salad into a delicious, easy-to-eat meal. Uh, she says her personal favorites are nori, which is an edible seaweed used uh, for sushi rolls or spinach wraps. But your local grocery store will have plenty of options as far as wraps. So get a wrap and just wrap the salad within the wrap. Take a few of them with you at lunch and there you go. You have a healthy wrap. Number four, bag it. Many bags of snacks you can munch out throughout the day will keep your blood sugar from crashing and help you avoid the mid-afternoon cravings for sweets. So things like bite-sized carrots and celery, you know, keep you munching throughout the day. Um, but at least if you, if you are going to snack, then choose healthy alternatives. Um, you know, things stuffed with almond butter or, um, you know, it, it's just better than... A lot of these other things that you would get in your local vending machine, because sometimes people who work, they have, where they work, they have vending machines that have all these unhealthy snacks, and that's what they snack on. You know, again, buy some, buy some good chopped vegetables, bring them with you, and, um, you know, and, and again, those are healthy alternatives there. And number five, um, do it with a buddy. If you got a friend at work who keeps harping on getting healthy too, then do it together. So what she, she's suggesting here is you buddy up or split the lunch preparation. So one time one person makes lunch and another times, or um, <clears throat> she says making a many uh, making any of these lunches for two is as easy as making it for one. So why not each take the task of bringing lunch in for two days of the week? So. One brings lunch two days of the week. The other one brings lunch for two days of the week. And this way you get two days off. <clears throat> and, you know, when you come in, uh, your partner has made your lunch for both of you. Uh, and then that final day, you each can bring something together to share. So those are, you know, just, those are just some tips for those who are looking, who are working all day, but want uh, some alternatives as far as bringing a healthy lunch for you. So hope that helps you guys out. All right, our nutrient of the day. We're going to talk about the health benefits of apple cider vinegar. 
Now, those of you who have not heard of apple cider vinegar, I'm going to talk a little bit about what it is. Apple cider vinegar is simply the fermented juice of mashed apples, meaning uh, yeast and the bacteria have broken the liquid down first into alcohol and then into vinegar. So, it's um, it's a drink. It's it's well, it's it's a drink that you, it can be used for a whole bunch of different purposes, but. Um, it's 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 used for many things, and people actually use it sometimes as uh, some kind of dressing, salad dressing. Uh, it can be diluted with water. Uh, it can be added to foods, um, and it contains things like folic acid, niacin, biotin, vitamin B1, B2, B6, vitamin C, along with phosphorus, potassium, calcium, iron, and magnesium. Many of these things which people are deficient in. So. But apple cider vinegar can, can be mixed into a salad dressing. It can be drizzled onto your green vegetables, for example. It can be used for baking for so many different things. But apple cider vinegar has been known uh, to help with number one, weight loss. I'm going to quote this. <clears throat> this is from Wellness Times. Research published in the Journal of Agricultural and Food Chemistry in June 2009 found that the acetic acid from vinegar suppressed accumulation of body fat and liver lipids in mice-fed um, high-fat diets. So again, this is from vinegar or apple cider vinegar. So this is good because researchers found that after 12 weeks of drinking uh, a beverage of containing 30 milligrams or 15 milliliters of vinegar or not at all when they did the study, both vinegar groups had lower body weight, body mass index, weight circumference, serum triglyceride levels than the control group. So that was another study they did as well, um, people with vinegar, so that's good. What else is apple cider vinegar good for? Blood sugar. That's right. Apple cider vinegar may also help with glucose control and diabetes management. Pre preliminary clinical research shows that taking vinegar with a meal reduces the post-meal glucose levels and insulin response in healthy people. So basically when it's consumed with a meal it helps to um, keep the blood sugar in check and help to keep the blood sugar lower than the spike that you would normally get. So this is good because fiber also does this as well. But this is good. So if you consume a little bit of it with your meal or have a little bit again drizzled on your meal this is great. Um, but you know, one thing you have to remember that, you know, even though apple cider vinegar has been known to have few side effects, there have been things that, you know, that, uh, that they say that it, it's been known to do for, for example, um, you know, they say it may play a hand of uh, depleting um, the, uh, potassium levels, so you got to be careful with that. So before swallowing vinegar for medicinal purposes, be sure to talk to your doctor regarding that. But also, Apple cider vinegar has been known to help with people with indigestion. Um, so many of those people, you know, get a teaspoon of apple cider vinegar, maybe even diluted a little bit with water, and it's been helped to uh, clear either the bile burn or to help with indigestion, you know, that type of thing. So apple cider vinegar is something you should definitely do some research on, but again, um, before running out and grabbing it, make sure you talk to your health care practitioner. But um, more studies are being come, are coming out on apple cider vinegar, but it's good stuff, and um, I think you will, uh, I think you'll, you know, you'll, you'll enjoy it if you uh, if you do use it. Okay, now I'm going to talk a little bit about um, the health of your brain, 
And the reason why I'm going to talk a little about this is because, again, <clears throat> we're, we're having epidemics in dementia and Alzheimer's disease, and it's, it's, it's become such a huge problem. So I want to talk a little bit about ways you can keep your brain healthy and talk a little bit about the science of your brain, basically, and how certain things work in here. Because we know, and, and the medical community knows, that the brain, uh, especially in dementia and Alzheimer's patients, they've shown um, what's called amyloid plaque has, is one of the things that's responsible for um, for Alzheimer's and, and those types of problems, cognitive impairment. We know that when you get into your late 30s and early 40s, that's when um, cognitive impairment has actually started. And they used to think it was actually later than that, but now it's been shown that cognitive impairment does actually can does actually start in your late 30s, uh, in, you know, into your 40s. It's very slight, you know, usually very slight, and sometimes you can't really notice it too much in the beginning. But that's when they've shown it. Now, <clears throat> obviously, you can lessen age-related cognitive impairment by doing certain things. So let's go into a little bit of, your, of the science first of how these, how these things work. Now in your brain, you have cells called the glial cells. Now the glial cells are named after the Greek word for glue. And for the longest time, scientists simply thought that the glial cells glued together neurons so they, they can carry on nerve transmission. So we know that neurons are responsible for you helping to, when you learn something new, you make neuron connections in your brain. And the glial cells have been thought to have been the ones that help to, you know, keep that process moving and to, you know, carry out nerve transmission. But now they're realizing, and new scientists coming more and more, that need, um, Glial cells actually do so much more than that. And glial cells, not only they hold your neurons into shape, but they protect them. And they manage the neurons using, using um, what's called, your body uses ATP for energy, okay? And what happens is that the glial cells um, use the energy of ATP to help your neurons uh, work better. So Basically, um, if they're using your energy, then anything that you take in that helps to boost your energy is going to help to boost the glial cells and help to boost your neurons. So, you know, you all notice that when you take in something that helps your energy, it helps your mood, right? So your mood, you know, you take in whether it's high amounts of vitamin B, whether it's, a, you know, smoothie shakes, whether it's exercise, whatever it is, it helps to boost your mood and enhance, you know, enhance uh, your brain transmissions and um, it works. So they work hand in hand. So... The glial cells deliver nutrition to the neurons from the food that you eat. Now, glial cells, um, glial cells also must have flexible connections. So synaptic plasticity is very important when it comes to the glial cells. So the less plasticity you have, the less you can learn and the more susceptible you are to diseases like dementia and Alzheimer's and cognitive impairment. Okay, so again, any nutrients that help with energy and ATP will help you. So, what can you do as far as um, energy, as far as helping you boost your mood? Your B vitamins, B12 and specific, you know, specifically, very, very helpful in boosting your energy. Magnesium helps with ATP. Coenzyme Q10 helps with that. Pentothenic acid, okay, really helps to boost all those uh, cells. So it's very important, number one, you want to have your energy up because that's automatically going to help uh, to boost your mood. Now, 
the molecule, the main molecule, and not to get too technical here, but the main molecule that the glial cells use for healing is called brain-derived neurotropic factor, or BDNF. So BDNF is one of the most potent healing compounds in your brain, okay? So adequate BDNF in your brain is, is needed for uh, the plasticity of your brain, for cognitive intelligence, for learning, for mood. <clears throat> so in other words, BDNF is your brain regeneration uh, compound. Okay, so now it can help again in the prevention of Alzheimer's and uh, and those types of things. But BDNF is also even active outside of your brain, which also helps you. People, a lot of people don't notice, but BDNF also helps the muscles burn fat. So that's another thing that does. But BDNF production in your brain occurs within the glial cells, and it's very important to understand that BDNF production can be activated by a lot of signals. Uh, coming into the glial cells, not just one type of input. So in other words, um, we have glial cell activation in response to healthy behaviors like exercise and good nutrition. So this is, a, this is an ongoing process of keeping your brain rejuvenated and in top working order. Okay, so what are the ways, now, now BDNF is also the main way that your cells communicate. So BDNF, you know, not only your brain cells, but just your, your your, all your cells in your body in general, but this is this is their communication language basically. So how do you activate BDNF? The main ways to activate BDNF are exercise. Exercise has been known to boost BDNF. It's very very important. It helps to stop brain shrinkage and it helps in preventing depression because again exercise on a consistent basis has been known to boost your levels and help boost your mood. And um, so that is one. Th that's another thing you do. Okay. So the things that the things that will help activate this are exercise. Number one. Number two, the um, the nutrients that help to to boost brain function, including DHA, pantothenic acid, acetyl L-carnitine, zinc, blueberries, curcumin, niacin, B vitamins. Coenzyme Q10, all of these things help to boost BDNF in your brain. Okay, and the third thing you can do to help to keep your brain in top working order, especially as you're getting older, is learn something new. Very simple. Learn something new because that's how you keep your brain in top function. That's how you keep the glial cells to nourish, uh, help to nourish the neurons and the neurons to create new new uh, connections. People don't realize that, yes, you're making connections as you're getting older, you know, when you're, when you're growing, especially in your younger years, that's when you get the most connections because you're growing. You know, when you're going from childhood to adulthood and so on, those connections are out of control because you're learning new things constantly, every day, learning, 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 you know, but then you get to a point where, uh, or at least many people get to a point where their learning kind of starts to level off. And this tends to happen when they're in their, in their 30s or 40s, you know, because people tend to not learn as much when they get older. They get stuck in their rut. They get stuck in <clears throat> just doing the same things over and over and over again, and their learning goes down. So you want to keep that learning going up because people don't realize that the older you get, you can still learn things well into your 50s and 60s. And this is how you keep your brain active. So um, again, exercise, learning new things, 
and boosting your nutrition intake, three things that can help to ward off things like Alzheimer's, dementia, cognitive impairment, um, all, diff all these different types of things. Um, and, and final thing about BDNF is that BDNF all is also activated during times of brain injury um, to repair the injury. So now nerves, you got to remember nerve cells, for example, don't split and divide like other cells in your body. So they have to fix themselves. So BDNF is responsible for helping nerves to fix themselves and to um, develop their growth. And there, it's it's just uh, it's just another way that to help stimulate BDNF. Um, so if you do have an uh, an injury as well, just keep in mind that. BDNF is responsible for keeping those nerves in check. So again, any nutrients that helps with nerve growth and nerve transmission, if you do have a nerve injury, can help you boost BDNF and in turn help to um, with the healing of, of the nerves and to help keep everything moving uh, you know, in a more optimal way. So, uh, I think that was a mouthful this week. <laughs> Hope you guys got some uh, good, uh, good information this week. So, again, um, that's the end of uh, this show today. You can go to uh, Facebook forward slash wellness talk if you want to check out these articles or if you want to ask me a question, georgebatista.com if you want to speak with me. Otherwise, I will be here next week again to go over more of the latest in health and healing and nutrition and fitness. Until then, this is George saying have a great week and be well. Check out the latest footwear innovation from Adidas, the AdiZero Adios Pro 2, which features carbon fiber energy rods that are both lightweight and precisely tuned for a more anatomical transition. Everything from the ultra-light polyester upper to the re-sculpted midsole and the reinvented outsoles are designed for speed. Visit adidas.com to learn more today. Check out the latest footwear innovation from Adidas, the AdiZero Adios Pro 2, which features carbon fiber energy rods that are both lightweight and precisely tuned for a more anatomical transition. Everything from the ultra-light polyester upper to the re-sculpted midsole and the reinvented outsoles are designed for speed. Visit adidas.com to learn more today. If you are looking for a New Year's resolution that's easy to keep, I have just the one. Resolve to help protect your identity with LifeLock Identity Theft Protection. LifeLock alerts you to potential threats to your identity. And if you have a problem, a U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. No one can prevent all identity theft, but help keep what's yours, yours, by resolving to protect your identity. Save up to 25% off your first year at LifeLock.com aware.